Chapter Seventeen of Non-Combatants and Others by Rose Macaulay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anthony Ogus. New Year's Eve. On this surely most unusual planet, nothing is more noticeable than the widely differing methods its inhabitants have of spending the same day. One person's New Year's Eve, for instance, would be quite different from another. Even within the Orme family they were different. Margot spent the evening at a canteen concert. She took a prominent part in the programme, having a charming, true and well-trained contralto voice. She sang charming songs with it, some of them a little above the taste of the majority of soldiers, but pleasing to the more musical, others not. It was a long and miscellaneous programme, varying from Schubert and Mendelssohn to Stammering Sam, and turn the lining inside out till the boys come home, so everyone was pleased. 2. Dorothy Orme was assisting at a dance at the hospital. You must do something with soldiers on New Year's Eve. It is particularly urgent that they should be kept indoors, because of the Scotch. It was a jolly dance, and both the soldiers and nurses enjoyed it extremely. When twelve struck, they joined hands and sang Old Lang Syne, and everyone hopefully wished everyone else a happy new year. Only two jocks had got out and kept their hogmany elsewhere, and quite else how, a creditably small proportion out of forty men. Dorothy got home by two, said it had been a topping evening, and she was dead tired, and went to bed. 3. At Wood End, Mr. and Mrs. Orme entertained Belgians, nine Belgian children and parents and guardians to correspond. They played games and danced a little, and fished for presents with a rod and line in a fish-pond in a corner of the dining-room, where Mr. Orme lay curled up, secretive and helpful, so that the right things got on to the right hooks. It was a great success, and ended at ten. Mrs. Orme's head ached, and Mr. Orme's back. They had had a great deal to do. They had had Mademoiselle Verstigal to help them, but none of their children, who were all busy elsewhere, and whom, therefore, they did not grudge. They were generous with their children, as well as with their time, energy, and money. 4. Betty Orme, who has hitherto been only remotely referred to in these pages, spent the evening driving three nurses and a doctor from Fruges to Lillers. She was a steady, level-headed child, with a fair, placid face looking out from a woollen helmet, and wide blue eyes like Terry's. She acted chauffeur to a field hospital, drove perfectly, repaired her car with speed and efficiency, and was extremely useful. Her nerves, health and temper were of the best brand. Horrors left her unjarred and merely helpful. The nurse at her side, a garrulous person, said, Why, it's New Year's Eve, isn't it? How funny! I've only just remembered that. I wonder what they're all doing at home, don't you? But Betty was only wondering whether her petrol was going to last out till Lillers. I know I'd a lot rather to be out here, wouldn't you? said the talkative nurse. Rather, said Betty abstractly. Even through their helmets and motor coats and thick gloves, 
they felt the wind very cold, and a few flakes of snow began to drift down from a black sky. "'More snow,' said Betty. "'It really is the limit. I wonder if it'll be finer next year.' 5. John Orme was in a trench not far from Ypres. It was bitterly cold there. Snow drifted and lay on his platoon standing too, their feet in freezing mud. They were standing too at that hour of the night, 11.30pm, because they had been warned of a possible enemy attack. They had been badly bombarded early in the evening, but that was over. There had been four men hit. The stretcher-bearers hadn't come for them yet. They lay, roughly first-aided, in the mud. John, vigilantly strolling up and down, seeing that no one slept, John was a very careful and efficient young officer, passed a moaning boy with his arm blown off and his tunic a red mess, and said gently, "'Hang on a bit longer, Everett. They won't be long now.' Everett merely returned beneath his breath, "'My God, sir! Oh, my God!' He could not hang on at all, by any means whatever, and there were no morphia tablets left in the platoon. John turned away. Someone said, New Year'll be in directly, Ginger. How's this for a bright and glad New Year? John remembered for the first time that it was December the 31st. It didn't mean anything more to him than the 30th. After all, it must be some day, even in this timeless and condemned trench. He didn't believe in this attack anyhow. It had been a ration party rumour and ration parties are full of unfulfilled forecastings. But he wished he had a morphia tablet for that poor chap. 6. Terry Orme was in his dugout, which was called Funk's Snuggery. It was a very noisy night. The enemy seemed to be having a special New Year's Eve hate. Whiz-bangs, sugar-loaves, beans, all sorts and conditions and shapes of explosive missiles filled the earth and heavens with unlovely clamour. It was disturbing to Terry, who was reading Mazorksky. Terry belonged to that small but characteristic class of persons who read themselves to sleep with music. John preferred Mr. Jorrocks. Terry dug his fingers into his ears and perused his score. There was another man in Funk's snuggery, the other man looked at his watch, waited three minutes, and said, "'Happy New Year!' Terry, stopping his ears, did not respond, till he shouted it louder. Terry looked up. "'What's that?' he inquired. "'Oh, is it? Fancy. Thanks. The same to you. But I shan't be happy this year unless they let me hear myself think. Beastly, isn't it? They say after a time it spoils one's ear.' "'Wouldn't that be rotten? "'Have a stick?' "'The stick was of chocolate, "'and they each sucked one in drowsy silence. "'It was next year, "'and still they would not let Terry hear himself think. "'He put away Mazorksky with a sigh "'and curled up to go to sleep. Seven. "'Hugh Montgomery Gordon was in billets "'in a village in Artois.' He and a friend went out for a stroll in the evening. They visited an estaminet, where they found poor wine, but a charming girl. 
They told her it was New Year's Eve. She told them it was la veille du jour de l'an. They taught her to say Happy New Year and other things. She and they all spent a very enjoyable evening. Absolutely it, isn't she? said Hugh Montgomery Gordon languidly to his friend as they walked back to their billets. Don't know when I've seen anything jollier. He yawned and went indoors and spent the rest of the year playing auction. 8. Basil Doy, in camp on the Greek mountains, sat and smoked in a tent, assaulted and battered by a searching northeast wind from Bulgaria. He and his platoon had been occupied all day in digging trenches and spreading wire entanglements which caught and trapped unwary Greek travellers on their own hills. Basil Doy was tired and bored and cold in body and mind. A second lieutenant who shared the tent was telling him a funny story of a bomb the enemy had dropped on Divisional HQ last night and of the general and staff, pyjama-clad, rushing about seeking shelter and finding none. But Basil was still bored and cold. "'Oh, Lord,' said the other subaltern presently, "'the year'll soon be done in. "'It's going out without having given us a scrap with the Bulgars. "'How sickening! "'Why, in anything's name, couldn't they have sent us out here earlier, if at all?' "'Our government,' said Basil, abstracted and unoriginal, "'is slow and sure. "'Slow to move?' and sure to be too late. That's why. So here we are, sitting on a cold hill in a draught, with nothing doing, nor likely to be. To himself he was saying, She'd fit on these hills. She'd belong here, more than to Spring Hill. She's a Greek, really. That space between the eyes, and the way she steps, like Diana. Oh, strafe it all. What's the good of thinking? Savagely he flung away his cigarette. A great gust of wind from Bulgaria flung itself upon the tent and blew it down. Then the sleet came and the new year. 9. West was in church. The lights were dim because of zeppelins. The vicar was preaching on the past and the future from the texts They shall wax old, as doth the garment. As a vesture shalt thou lay them aside, and they shall be changed. And, behold, I make all things new. The year was going to be changed and made new in nineteen minutes and a half. West, and the vicar too, perhaps, though tired and despondent, the week after Christmas is a desperate time for clergymen because of treats, were holding on to hope with both hands. A desperate time, a desperate end to a desperate year. But clergymen may not, by their rules, become desperate men. They have to hope. They have to believe that as a vesture they shall be changed and that the new will be better than the old. If they did not succeed in believing this, they would be of all men the most miserable. West sat in his stool, looking, so the choir boys opposite thought at them, to see if any among them whispered or any slept. But he did not see them. He was looking through and beyond them, 
at the vesture, ragged and soaked with blood, which so indubitably wanted changing. Once his lips moved, and the words they formed were, How long, O Lord, how long? Which might, of course, refer to a number of things, the war, or the vicar's sermon, or the present year, or indeed almost anything. The sermon ended, and there was silent prayer till twelve o'clock struck. Then, as is the habit on these occasions, they sang hymn 265, Ancient and Modern. 10. Violette had a New Year's Eve party, a quiet party, only the Vinnies to chat and play quiet card games and see the New Year in. At half-past eleven they had done with cards and were conversing. Kate had gone to church at eleven. Vincent and Sidney Vinney were now in Kharki. They had, in view of the coming compulsion scheme, joined the army, territorials, and got commissions. Vincent, being married, had applied for home service only. Sidney, as he had just pointed out to Evie, might get sent anywhere at any moment. But Evie, receiving letters from Hugh Montgomery Gordon at the battlefront, and indeed from many others, was not to be touched by Sid Vinney. Evie was talking to young Mrs. Vinney about the fashions. "'Those new taffeta skirts at Robinson's are ten yards wide, I should think. You wouldn't believe it, the amount there is to them, and quite a yard off the ground. We shall have to think so much about our feet this next year. Feet! Well, more than that, too.' Mrs. Vinney said, "'Well, do you know, I don't think it's right at a time like this. Not ten yards. I say nothing against six, because we women must try and carry on, and look smart and so on. It would never do for the men to come home and find us skimpy and dowdy and peculiar like some of those suffragettes. What I say is, it'll be lucky for the girls with neat ankles this year.' They said a little more like this, till it was time to mix the punch. Then they drank it and said, Here's how, and a very happy new year to all and many of them, and here's to our next festive gathering, and here's to the ladies, and luck to our soldiers, and other things respectively suitable. Then the Vinnies went home to bed, because Mrs. Vinnie did not approve of making nights of it at times like these. Soon after twelve, Kate came back from church. Kate said, it's turned so cold outside, I shouldn't wonder if we get snow. Those Primrose people are spending a terribly loud evening. I heard it all across the common. You'd think people would want to be somewhat quieter on New Year's Eve, and this year in particular, with all these sorrows and zeppelins about, she meant. A quiet evening with a few friends is one thing, but it doesn't seem quite fitting to have all that shouting and banjos and I could smell the drink as I passed, for they had a window open, and it was wafted right out at me. "'Well, now,' said Mrs. Frampton, "'just fancy that.'" 11. The year of grace, 1915, slipped away into darkness, like a broken ship drifting on bitter tides onto a waste shore. The next year began. End of chapter 17 End of Non-Combatants and Others by Rose Macaulay